Let me read to you a story, okay? Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. Then the angel spoke to the woman. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was laying. And now, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said. Yes, for us, that's an amazing story. But let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Serious, a serious question. A question that has been being asked for a long time, but is especially being asked today. True or false? Fact or fiction? Which one? Of course you say it is true. Of course you say it is fact, right? You're sitting in church. There's a big question in our world as to whether or not this is true or false, whether or not this really happened or it's just some nice religious story that somebody made up and wrote down so that Hallmark can have another reason to make cards. Did this story really happen? Is this reality for people? And if so, who is this Jesus that supposedly is not there and supposedly rose from the dead? Had everyone done, anyone ever done that before? Had anyone ever on their own died, been buried for three days and rose from the dead? Never had happened before. Here's a question, if it's true, what does it have to do with us today? In fact, if it's true, does it really matter if it's true or not? Let's ask that question. Well, there was a man who followed Jesus back in that day, and his name was John. He's one of the apostles. In fact, he wrote a whole book called The Gospel of John. You can go there if you would like to take your Bibles right now. We're going to spend some time in the first chapter of the Gospel of John. If you're new to your Bibles, they're in the New Testament. There's an Old Testament and a New Testament. In the New Testament, there are the four first books are called the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, written by those people. And we're going to be in John's Gospel. John was a person who was called by Jesus. At least the scripture tells us that he was. He followed Jesus during his adult ministry life, he listened to everything Jesus had to say, actually sat at Jesus' feet and was able to listen to the voice of Jesus. He witnessed all the miracles that Jesus performed. He watched him as he agonized in the Garden of Gethsemane. With his own eyes, he was there at the foot of the cross comforting Jesus' mother as Jesus died and suffered on the cross. He was the first, after the women were at the tomb, he was the first to get to the tomb and look inside and see that Jesus' body wasn't there. He spoke with Jesus after his resurrection. He touched his body. 
And then he was there on that glorious day on the Mount of Olives when he watched Jesus ascend into heaven out of sight to go sit at the right hand of his father. And what John did is under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote it all down for us. And he had one goal in mind for you and for me and for anyone who will ever read his writing on the story of Jesus. His goal was that we might know who Jesus is, that we would believe in Jesus, the Son of God, and that our lives would be changed and we would find life in the name of Jesus Christ. That's his goal for all of us. And because that was his goal in the writing of it and that writing has been preserved to today, then that's the goal for us today. And on this Easter Sunday, I'd like to talk to you about that. And so if you're at John chapter one, verse one, we're gonna start with this. This is what John said at the very beginning of his book in his discussion about Jesus. He says this, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. If you're taking notes, the first thing you're gonna write down, the first thing that John wants us to know about Jesus is that Jesus is God. And he says in his writing, in the beginning, and you might ask, well, what beginning is he talking about? Well, he's talking about the very beginning of time. John 1.1 is the beginning in the New Testament of what this is discussed in Genesis 1.1, where it starts out, in the beginning, God created. So, let me ask you, who created? God created. But according to John, in John 1.1, in the beginning, who was there? Read it. Who was there? The Word was there. Well, who is the Word? The Word is Jesus. How do you know that? Because in verse 14 of John chapter 1, you can read it. It says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the Word of God is Jesus Christ. And so John says to us in verse one, the word, get this now, don't miss it. The word was in there in the beginning. He existed in the beginning and he was with God and he was God. The first thing John wants us to know about Jesus is that he is the word of God, that he was there in the beginning, that he was with God, but he wants us to know that Jesus is God himself. Hear me, please. There is no greater question in all the universe for people like you and me to find the answer to than this question, who is Jesus Christ really? And who is Jesus Christ to me? Every day, people all over the world could care less that a man named Jesus lived died and supposedly rose from the dead. And yet every year, without fail, they celebrate something called Christmas. Hello? Christmas is, Christmas is Christ, my friends. Christmas is all about Jesus Christ. Every year, without fail, they gather their families together and they eat ham. And they hide eggs in the yard for their children to find and they celebrate his resurrection every single year. And bunnies. Is anyone confused and think that bunnies actually lay eggs? Is anybody confused? Because I really need to talk to you and I'll set you straight. I'll tell you the truth about that. 
Where bunnies and eggs came from and how it relates to Easter, I don't know, except has probably something to do with spring and some lady liked bunnies at the time that they <laughs> created that. I'm sorry, ladies, if that was a demeaning thing to you. I didn't mean it to be. Listen, people have been celebrating things like this, don't miss this, and have marked time on a calendar for two thousand and twenty-two years, that calendar that they schedule their day on and count on every single day to happen on the day that that calendar started was the day that Jesus Christ was born. You know what A.D. means, right? We're in 2022 A.D., which means in the year of our and yet they don't have a clue who Jesus Christ is. They don't understand who he is. And so the question today is, does it really matter if you and I really know who Jesus is? Does that really matter? I need to tell you this truth. This is the most important question every man, woman, and child here today need to wrestle with. And right now, I'm, ask, I, I'm asking each one of you, no matter what your standing with God is, I want to ask each one of you to ask God to reveal himself to you in a new and a fresh way and help you understand who he is today. Help us with that, Lord. Because I promise you, a hundred years from now, none of us will be here. None of us will be on this earth living in a body like this. And nothing else will matter to any of us on that day than how you and I answered the question, who is Jesus Christ to us? You see, where you spend eternity is directly connected to how you answer the question. You are not a body that has a soul. You are a soul in a temporal body. You need to understand that. And your soul, the scripture is clear and teaches that your soul is going to live forever in one of two places after you pass from this earth. Either in a place of eternal bliss, eternal harmony, eternal love, eternal wonder in heaven with God and those who know him, or in a horrible place the scripture calls hell which is a place of burning torment and judgment for those who do not believe. And so is this question about who Jesus is to you important? It is absolutely of paramount importance into your life. There is no greater answer to any other life question than do you know Jesus and do you understand who he is and have you received him? Bible is clear that to have eternal life, you must believe in the true Jesus Christ. Not a false Christ, not a misrepresentation of Christ, not a Christ of human intuition or philosophy or even religion. We're talking about the true Jesus Christ that John experienced and wrote down all about. John wants us to know the first thing that is most important about Jesus is that he is God. Here's the second thing he wants us to know, that Jesus is eternal. Look at verse two. So he starts out, in the beginning, Jesus existed, the word existed. But then he says, and he existed in the beginning with 
God, which means he has always existed. What you need to understand is that God is eternal. He has no beginning and he has no end. Think about that. We're not eternal. We have a beginning. We did not exist as some kind of spiritual baby before you were born. You weren't, you did not in existence until you were born. But when you were born, the breath of life was given to you. And you became a soul, an eternal soul at that point in a, in a temporal body. Your body at that point, once you were conceived, your, your eternal soul, your soul will live on in eternity. But we are not eternal beings. Only God is an eternal being. Jesus is eternal. Here's another thing God, or that John wants us to know about Jesus is that he is the creator of all things. Look at verse three. God created everything through him, through who? Jesus. Through Jesus Christ. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. So here's a question. You guys answer me, okay? How many things were made through Jesus Christ? All things, everything was made through Jesus Christ. So, how many things were made without him? Duh. Why do you ask us those questions? Because it's important to know that Jesus Christ created all things there in the beginning as he was with God because he was God and he is God. Some people struggle with this concept. They wrestle with this whole thing. In fact, you choose. Something made everything or nothing made everything. You choose. There's a lot of people, I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that believe that nothing made everything. So which is it? Did something make everything or did nothing make everything? According to John, Jesus made everything. That's what we're being taught here is that something's made everything and that something is someone whose name is Jesus. And you guys, I don't understand all the ins and outs of that. I really don't. I'm still learning every day about it. But I choose to believe that what I read in the scripture is true because I believe this is absolute truth. That's what we teach and that's what we believe. In fact, my whole life is based on the truth of God and his word. And so if this says that Jesus created all things and nothing was created that he didn't make, then I believe it. But I gotta tell you, it is so much easier to believe that than the other part. Because if I don't believe that Jesus made everything, then I have to believe I only have one other option. And that option is that nothing made everything. You wanna talk about something you can't get your head around. So no force, no plan, no creator, no purpose, no nothing. Spontaneous combustion. I was... I was listening to somebody the other day and they were talking about accidental explosion. Are you kidding me? Accidental explosion. Whatever. Time, space, universes, planets, life, intelligence, all came from nothing. All was from an accidental explosion. I can't get that. I don't, it takes more faith, in my opinion, to believe that than it does to believe that Jesus is God and he created everything in the beginning. It's a lot easier for me to swallow that. I'm putting my money on someone named Jesus made everything. 
And I, I'm not a gambling man, but I'm putting my money on that. So God, John wants us to know that Jesus is God, that he's eternal, that he's creator of all things. Here's the fourth thing he wants us to know, that Jesus is life and light. Look at verse four. The word, Jesus, gave life to everything that was created. Okay, just, just, just to make sure you got it. How much is created that Jesus didn't create? Nothing. Jesus created everything. So everything that Jesus created, John wants us to know that he gave life to all of that. And his life brought light to everyone. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish the light now. Jesus, John wants us to know, is the giver of life. Life, if, I hope you saw this, life is in him. He is the source of life. He didn't receive life from any other power source. He wasn't given life. He didn't receive it because he wasn't a created being to receive it from anyone. He is life. In him, literally in him is life. So anything that is alive is alive because of him. Acts 17, 28 tells us this. In him we live and we move and we have our existence. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is life. And you know that we talked about this on Friday night. So I don't want to spend a lot of time rehearsing this, but it just breaks my heart to think that something pure, something full of life and light had to die so that something that is dead could live. The Bible is clear that before we are in Christ, because of our sin, we are dead in our trespasses and sins, and it took somebody to who had life and who had innocence and was a perfect lamb of God to die and shed its blood. And the life in the body is the blood. And to shed that life that is in Jesus Christ so that those of us who are dead might be able to live. Jesus came in a manger, lived a sinless life, died on a cross, and rose from the dead to give that powerful, victorious, resurrected life to people that are dead like you and me. And he makes it available to us that all we have to do is receive the life and receive the light of Christ and we will be saved and we become the light of the world because he is in us. If you're here today and you're weighed down with like a failed, disappointed life. I've got great news for you. Jesus rose from the dead and he conquered your failures and he conquered your disappointments and he conquered everything that is dark in your life. He conquered all sin and all death and wants to give you life. John wants us to know that in him is life and light. There is a way, he says, to be set free from the bondage of my sin. There is a way to experience God's forgiveness. There is a way to be reconciled to God, the judge of all. 
But hear me now, you do not have forever to make that decision. You have today. And that's all you know you have to find this life in Christ. Hebrews 9.27, this is sobering truth. It is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. In fact, the follow-up verse to that is Ecclesiastes 7.2. It says, death is the destiny of every man and every woman and every child, and the living should take that to heart. The living ought to think about that. This is the part of the message I've been dreading all week long um, because I need to announce to you, because not everyone probably has heard, I'm sure many of you have heard, that our dear brother Al Thornton um, is in heaven. Al had a massive heart attack two weeks ago, and because of complications during a procedure on Tuesday, his heart hemorrhaged and they could not get him started again and he passed into the arms of Jesus on Tuesday. Now, Al is a long time. Al and Cindy are just dear friends, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, and have been here serving this church for a long time. Al's one of our elders. He was uh, our facilities director here at the church. Cindy, his wife, just retired um, from 27 years of our children's ministry director, and these people are massive servants of Jesus Christ, and um, we are rejoicing that Al is spending Easter Sunday morning up in heaven. Can you imagine if, if this was so powerful this morning, but this is nothing compared to what's going to happen in heaven and all the angels and all the saints that have gone before rejoicing in the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and that's why they're in heaven right now. But Cindy needs our help. Cindy needs our love, and she needs our support, and um, she needs our care. Because we don't grieve. That's what the awesome thing about believers is we don't grieve. Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 4, we don't grieve as those who have no hope, but we grieve. And we don't grieve for Al. Al's in heaven rejoicing, but we grieve for us because our hearts are broken. I mean, we've been, it, it was a shock. It rocked us here in this, in this place all week long. We've been wrestling and struggling. Like, how do, we do, how do we do Easter? How do we celebrate in all of this pain? We know how? Because in the beginning, Jesus was there. And he was with God. And he is God. And he is eternal, and he is the creator of all things, and he is light, and he is life. And because Al, hear me now, the only reason Al's in heaven right now is because Jesus rose from the dead, offered salvation to him, and there was a day years ago that, Jesus, that Al humbled himself, repented of his sin, and received the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. And because of that decision that he made on that day, Al's in heaven with the Lord today. No questions. There's no question maybe he is. No, he is. And you know why I know that? Because the Bible tells me so. The Bible is truth. And the Bible says that for all of those who know the Lord, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that's really good news. But let me tell you something. Death is coming to us all. Death is the destiny of every man. 
So was Al ready to die? No. Not in a, not in a human way. Al was strong as a horse. No one saw this coming. But was Al ready to die? Yes, he was. Because he had given his heart to Jesus. My friends, listen to you. Listen to me. The Bible is clear and the Bible speaks to us and says that our life is a whisper. It's a, it's a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. The few years we have on this life, on this earth, are like nothing compared to eternity, where our soul is going to live in one of two places. Al was ready to meet his Lord because of the decision that he made. But we all have to realize, those who are blessed who are left here, that life is short and death is an intruder and it's coming to us all. And you, all, you and I only get one chance at this thing and nothing can change that. The Bible is clear that we are all sinners and because of our sin, it describes it as the wage. What we earn because of our sin is eternal death. We're not talking about physical death. That is a result of sin also, but we're talking about spiritual death. Eternal death is separation from God, and we can't escape that on our own. Jesus, the Son of God, God himself, the creator of all things, the one who is life and light, had to come and give his life to turn the light on of truth in the hearts of people that are lost and blind and going to a Christless eternity in hell in order for us to be saved. In him is life, John says, and that life is the light of men. That's the Easter message. The world is in total darkness without Christ. It is in pitch blackness without Jesus. You and I are in total darkness if we don't have Jesus Christ in our life. And Jesus Christ steps into the world, the second person of the Godhead. He humbles himself and he takes on flesh, the scripture says, and boom, light enters the world. And it shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not and never will overcome it. He has overcome by his shed blood and resurrection power. So there's no more night for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no more sin. There's no more darkness. There is no more death. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is the message of Easter, my friends. And that's really good news for those who know him. That's the good news of the gospel. You can have all of Christ. You can have his life. You can have his light. And you can have his love. And you can have all of his grace. You just have to respond to that message and receive it. And so here we are at this point in the message where I'm gonna ask you, how will you respond to all this that you just heard? How will you respond to this message that John wants us to know, the one who loved Jesus and who walked with Jesus and knows Jesus? How will you respond? I want every one of you to respond. Well, I already know the Lord, I know. This should do something to you to hear this message again. How will you respond to it? Well, I don't really know the Lord, Phil. I know. You can respond to this message today. In fact, I wanna talk to you because there are only two kinds of people sitting in the room today. No, there's not. We're all different. Yeah, I know. But there are only two kinds of people sitting in this room today. Male and female? No, that's not what I'm talking about. There are only two kinds of people sitting in this room today. Those who are lost 
and those who are found. Those who are blind and those who can see. Those who are still in darkness and those who are walking in the light. Let me put it this way, those who are saved and those who are not. Those who are born again and those who are not. You're one of those two people sitting in this room. If you're at home and you're listening online, there are only one of two, you're one of two people. And I want to first talk to those of you who do not know the Lord, who are not saved, who um, Jesus isn't the Lord of your life. He's not your passion. He's not your savior yet. Today's message to you is know him and believe in him. That's what John's message is. That's what John is trying to say in verse nine where he says, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And he came into the world, he created, but the world, hear this, the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even his own people rejected him. Did you see that? John's message to you is don't be like those people. Jesus came into the world and he's coming with light and he's coming with life and he's offering that to everyone who will believe. Don't be like those people who didn't receive him and didn't, re didn't recognize him and his own people who rejected him. Be like these people, he said in verse 12, but to all who believed him, and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Listen, my friends, God loves you. I believe you're here today to hear this message. You're here today because of God's love. Easter is about seeing the light. Easter is about knowing the Savior. Easter is about receiving the life of Christ's sacrifice for your sin. Easter is about believing that you can have the life and eternal life that Jesus Christ has to offer. Easter is about gaining victory over your sinful life of darkness. Wouldn't that be wonderful to have today? I need, you need to hear me loud and clear. For those of you who do not know the Lord, the offer is open today. Today is the day of salvation. It doesn't take the Bible to help us understand that we don't know if we have tomorrow. Right now, God is making salvation available to all who would come. And all you have to do is humble yourself and repent of your sin and receive the gift of God. The Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart right now and drawing you and convicting you and you know in your heart right now that something is happening and the Lord is calling you. The Bible says, if you hear the voice of the Lord today, do not harden your heart, come and be saved. Received his gift of salvation and you will be saved and you will have the light of life inside of you. I wanna make that offer to you. I just wanna say, don't leave today without dealing with this, without knowing for sure in your heart that you are in Christ Jesus, without settling the question, who is Jesus Christ to me? 
you're at home online or wherever you are listening, you can reach out to us. You can click a, a button that will say, I want to talk about the Lord. I want to have Christ in my life. Listen, today is the day of salvation for you. And now let me talk to all of you who have believed and have received. You remember those women in Matthew 28 that we read about at the very beginning went to the tomb that first Easter morning? They heard the greatest news human ears had ever heard to that point. They heard the angel say, he is not here. He is risen. He's no longer dead. He's alive. Why are you looking for the dead? I'm sorry. <laughs> Messed that up. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Don't you know? Didn't he tell you he was going to rise? Why are you here? The interesting thing is, what did they do next? They ran as fast as they could to go find the disciples and the followers of Jesus and say, hey, good news, Jesus is alive. He's no longer dead, he rose from the dead. And that is the thing that inspired all the followers in the early church of Jesus Christ. They went out into all the world with a resurrection message on their lips, the good news that Jesus is alive, Jesus is risen. You can have life in him because he is victorious over death. And that's what they went out with the message. And I just want to say to you that this is our message, that we have been saved to proclaim. And so the message you need to hear today, believer, is shout his name. If you know Jesus personally, then you should witness for Jesus passionately. God forgive us for our silence. God forgive us for our lazy complacency. God forgive us for our coward cowardice and pro boldly proclaiming that Jesus is alive. But that's what we're supposed to be doing proudly and boldly proclaiming the good news that saved us all. Now hear me. Satan's not okay with this message of joy and hope. This message of salvation. In fact, he's doing everything he can to stop that message. In fact, as soon as we hear the message and we gladly receive it for our salvation... Our great enemy, the devil, the scripture says, is going to do everything he can to silence that good news in your heart and try to steal the joy of your salvation. But let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. He can try all he wants, but he cannot take this joy from us. He cannot take this hope from us because the scripture says it is unspeakable and full of glory. And you can't take away that which has not, he did not give to us. We get this from the Holy Spirit of God and we have the Spirit of God living inside of us to secure that inside of us. God's people will not be silenced. You can, you can knock us down, but we're gonna get right back up. 
You can take away our instruments and you can tell us to shut up, but that won't stop us. We'll just pick up a stick and start beating on a hollow log and we'll just sing and bellow out his praise in any way that we can. You can, you can destroy our cities. You can take away our homes. You can knock down our church. And you can tell us that you cannot proclaim, but we'll just sit in a van somewhere or we'll hide away in a cave somewhere and we'll proclaim his message. We'll proclaim and praise his name because that's what God's people do. Listen, we live in and by the resurrection power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This may be our last Easter together. Awesome. We were talking this morning, the whole choir and everything, and we said that, you know, but, but what my prayer is, Lord, just wait a little longer. We want you to come, but there's some people that still need to be saved. There's some people we still need to tell. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's the way we respond. Shout the name of Jesus. Jesus didn't spend and invest his resurrection power on us for us to soak and sit in his love. He saved us to shout the good news from the highest mountain. There's joy in the house of the Lord, for sure. I mean, we, we experienced that today, right? But that joy is not supposed to stay inside the walls of this place. That joy and that hope and this message of salvation is to be proclaimed. We're to shout Jesus from the mountains. Shout Jesus in the streets. Shout Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Shout Jesus for our families. Listen, my friends, we shout and speak the holy resurrected name of Jesus Christ. Let's get to our feet and let's lift up his name like never before. Come on, church, sing it out. Shout Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over. what Easter's all about. That's what Easter is for us, an opportunity for us to refresh our minds and refresh our hearts in all that he is. But it's also an opportunity for those of you who don't know him to receive him today. That's the message, receive him and believe in him. We wanna help you with that. 
If you need Jesus, please do not leave this building. We'll save some donuts for you on your way out. You do not leave this building without coming forward. We've got people down here that want to sit with you and want to share Jesus with you and help you make sure you know you're in Christ today on this Easter Sunday. What a glorious day that would be for you to give your heart to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Okay, guess what? I need some help. Um, <laughs> the parking lot is packed, and we have a whole nother group of people coming in. I'm not rushing you out. Eat as many donuts as you want, but when you go out, I've been told that you're going to be able, to, you're going to help us in this way. Everybody, go around the building this way and out. So we're all going around and out this side of the building. That's the south side of the building. And then if you would just turn right only, okay? I know, I know, for those of you who live up north, but I gotta go around and go to County Road 15 to get back north, I know. I hate going south to go north, I know. (laughs) Help us out with that, otherwise we're gonna get into a massive traffic jam and we don't want that. You don't wanna be sitting in traffic on Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning. Okay, you got it? Love you. I love you so much. God bless you as you go. Enjoy each other. Happy Easter, everybody.